Welcome to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, where today is kind of a part two of yesterday's do's and don'ts of talking to your children about a death in the family. So the big question is this, how are parents like us, who don't have a manual, who are doing the best we can, who feel as though we aren't enough, how are we going to raise healthy, happy children who we are proud of and still keep our sanity in that process? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ryan Roy, and welcome to I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, a podcast for parents who are being real with themselves. Hey, welcome back to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, where today we're going to continue yesterday's conversation of the do's and don'ts of what to say to your kids about death. Um, yesterday was a, a little bit longer podcast than I normally do, but I think it's important. I'm going through this list. Yesterday we covered the do's of uh, what you should say to your children when it comes to death, and you could listen to yesterday's episode if you didn't get to it. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the things not to do. Uh, I personally think it's more important to tell people what to do, what not to do, as I mentioned yesterday. See, listen, I don't know jack about parenting, but I do know a few things about people and about life. And I know that uh, people like to be told what to do. Um, In my book, I often say, tell children what to do, what not to do. And the example I share in the book is uh, a lot of people say, hey, don't run in the house. And the lesson in that is when you tell them what not to do, the next thing you know, the kid's skipping in the house. And they're like, hey, don't skip in the house. And you told them what not to do again. So what do they do? They start stomping, right? Don't stomp in the house. So what do they do? They start uh, scooting around the house on their butt. And they're making a big squeaky sound on hardwood floors. And you're like, stop scooting in the house. But what you really wanted them to do is tell them what you want them to do, which is, could you please walk in the house? Those other activities are outside activities. And now the kid has clarity. So I believe yesterday brought clarity as to what to do, the do's. And today... I want to talk about some of the potential mistakes, right? Some of the things we may do that we shouldn't. So here are the don'ts of what to say, of what not to say when it comes to death um, in a family or of a family member. So number one, don't hide your grief from your child. Seeing you grieve during a... Let me pause here. Seeing you grieve during and long after your loved one's death will let your child know know that it's normal and it's very healthy to cry, feel sad after this loss. Because your child may be trying to be strong and no child needs to be strong for their parents. But they may be trying to be strong for you because you're trying to be strong for them. And in this moment, nobody needs to be strong for each other. We need to support each other and love on each other. And that grieving process and crying needs to be an open forum to teach them that it's okay to grieve and to cry and feel sad about this loss because this person was someone you guys cared about a lot and loved. Number two, don't be afraid to share memories of your loved one. 
sometimes parents uh, feel afraid to talk about the person who has died, thinking it will cause pain to someone else. Research shows that the pain of reliving memories or shared stories actually aids in the healing and brings closure. Uh, for me, when people are going to a service or something, I always say, oh, it's great that you get to celebrate the life. And people go, what do you mean? We're going to a funeral. I said, yeah, they had a life. Let's go celebrate it in this moment. They had a purpose. They had meaning. They had meaning to you and many meaning to other people. Some of the meaning that they brought to you uh, shines light on other people for for through you from them. Let's celebrate all of that. And I think sharing memories and laughing and joking and sharing uh, the the fun times with these people really bring, brings closure and lets you know that wow, this person was loved and adored, and and we're talking about the good things that happened. Actually, I had a client a few years ago who lost her grandmother uh, right before she became a mother herself. And I asked her and her sisters, I said, do yourself a favor, get around a table. They ever, they were an Italian family. They sat around um, every Sunday. They went to grandma's house and had dinner and they had pasta and they ate and they sat around and they just shared family together. And grandma had a ton of lessons. So therapeutically, I asked them to sit around the table that Sunday and not only talk about grandma's stories, but start to take notes and jot them down. And they eventually had like over a hundred grandma stories and lessons that they compiled into a book. That book will be passed on and I believe um, we stopped working together and she had the baby and things got a little crazy. Um, but the goal was, and I, I believe she did this, or there's still intention to do it, right? The stories are down on paper, uh, was to print those books out and give them to family members, stories from grandma, lessons from grandma. And when I was talking to her and she was going through this process, she's like, this is so much fun. Uh, my sisters and I are having a blast and this is something we will never forget. Um, because we've jotted them down while they're really fresh in our memories and, and, and we're coming together as a family as we always had and, and just honoring her. So don't be afraid to share those memories. It could be really uh, a strong part of the healing process. Number three, don't avoid connecting your child uh, with your child because you feel helpless or uncomfortable or don't know what to say. Sometimes a knowing look can be a powerful connection. Even a touch or a hug can offer great comfort. Just connect. They're uncomfortable, they don't know. Just a touch on the shoulder, the hug, the kiss on the forehead will let them know that they're loved and it's okay. And when they're ready to talk, you're ready to listen. Don't. Number four, don't change the subject when your child comes into the room. Doing so makes it a mark of taboo on the subject of death. Instead, adjust your wording and the level of information when your child is present, right? Um, and you can still talk about it. We're just not going to talk at the adult level about the adult things and maybe the conversation comes to closure a little bit quicker until the child removes themselves or uh, at a later date. 
but do not change the subject. Just vary the information. Number five, and this is so difficult in the beginning, but it's got to be as uh, routine as possible, is don't change your daily routine. Children need consistency. Try as much as possible to keep your usual day routines at home and at work. Also try to ensure your child continues to take part in their usual activities, school, and social events. Um, you know, and, and this is part of the challenge is in, in the situation we're dealing with. It was his mom. His mom brought him to school. Uh, mom brought the kids to school every day. Mom brought him home. Uh, mom brought them to baseball and dance recitals and all the activities they were in. Um, and that, although the timing of those things are still happening, right, it's not the person who is doing it with them. So for, for this particular situation, I can only speak of this, is it's it's a little bit of a challenge, but the schedule is staying the same. It's just for them, I think, who is taking care of the schedule um, may be the challenge if there is one at all. Uh, number six, I love this because we just talked about it a little bit. Don't think that death puts a ban on laughter. Laughter is a great healing tool. Uh, being about to laugh, being about to laugh about memories, I, I think this is just a misspelling. Um, laughing about memories and moments with your loved ones signals just how important their presence was in your life. And what did I say? You know, you want to celebrate their life. You want to remember them in positive ways. And if we talk about those funny times and we can laugh about them, it's, it just makes us appreciate them more and allows for that healing process once again. And number seven, and it, it comes back to part of the dues from yesterday, but just don't put a time on your child's uh, bereavement or your own. Everyone grieves in their own way. Recognize that a new normal will have to occur. And that time is needed to readjust to the significance of this death. If you need additional support, reach out to your school's physician, your counselors, your religious community. Uh, you could also reach out for professional help with a mental health therapist trained in bereavement. And that person could be sought out as well. You know, as, as I talked to the dad just yesterday. Great man. And I could just tell that he is going to do just fine. He is still going through his process. He had a great question. And it was a parenting question. And I tell you guys all the time, every single time it's the title of this podcast, I don't know jack about parenting. And he posed it to myself and, a, and another mom. And, uh, and another parent, right, it just happens to be a mom, and he says, this is my challenge. What do you guys think? And as we started talking it out, I said, my gut tells me this, but that's my gut. I'm not a trained professional, and we have counselors at the school who are great. Um, I'm sure you have some counselors at your job who are great as he works for a great company, um, that are trained in this. If I were to give you any information, it would really just be my opinion and probably not the best information. So 
why don't we reach out to the school counselor, which I have a pretty good relationship with. And he goes, could you do that for me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll run it by her and and I'll get back to you. But she may want to call you just to get a, a feel for where you're at, just to give you the right answer. And I think that's the best advice I could give him. Anything I were to give him would be opinion. Uh, anything I share with you guys, trust me, I've researched a lot. These are things I do. But I never want to be the person who gets on here and gets on his high horse and is like, hey, guys, listen, this is what I do. This is what you should do. This is not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about I don't know Jack. I'm trying to figure it out as I go along the way. And as I go along the way, I just want to share my lessons learned in hopes that somebody else can not maybe make some of the mistakes I made. Um, maybe somebody has been through it and says, wow, I could have handled it better and I'll handle it better next time. I'm here to connect to other parents who are going to go through some of these same things. And if you hear it from someone else first and you get an aha moment when it's happening to you, you say, ooh, this is normal. Ooh, this is how someone else handled it effectively and in a positive way. And that's my goal of this podcast. So I will see you in the next episode where I am going to be talking about the questions I was asked from my own kid um, and how it was handled and where it was at. So we'll see you in the next episode. Do you want to be the dad you wish you had? If so, go get my free book, Be the Dad You Wish You Had, at bethedadyouwishyouhad.com. Inside, you'll find my most effective 40 tips to quickly and easily transform yourself into the ideal dad. Go to bethedadyouwishyouhad.com now and get it while it's free.